0: This episode of Very Bad Words is sponsored by Chatbooks and Dollar Shave Club. Hi, I'm Matt Fiddler, and welcome to Very Bad Words, the show all about swearing and taboo language. Now, normally that language is English, my native language. But right now, I want to talk to my good friend Daniel about swearing in his native language of Portuguese.
1: Swearing in Brazilian Portuguese is very much related uh, to
0: sex. Daniel is originally from Brazil, and he told me that in Brazil, men tend to avoid the number 24, especially more macho men. For example, male soccer players never use the number 24 on their jerseys. Schoolboys will make fun of the boy born on the 24th of the month or the boy who is just the 24th on the class roster in school. Now, this 24 taboo is so entrenched in their culture that in the history of Brazilian stock car racing, not one driver has ever picked the number 24 to be put on his car. Anyway, I thought this was a little weird, so Daniel agreed to explain to me how this came to be.
1: When Brazil was still an empire, Portuguese empire, in the late 19th century,
0: there was kind of a national lottery based on zoo animals that they called the Hugo
1: do Bicho or the animals game. It was called the animals game. It was created when the emperor wanted to boost the, the zoo, a new zoo in Rio. So the person could bet on an animal or the number associated with the animal. Like I said, it was like a lottery. You'd pick an animal and its associated
0: number, and a multiplier. And if you got all of those right, you could win up to several thousand times your original bet. And although this game started as a government-sanctioned gambling game, when the campaign officially ended, mafia types took over
1: where the government left off. It's still today, if you walk in the streets of the cities in Brazil, there's this guy sitting there, quiet, on a chair, with some money in the pocket, everybody knows him, you can just stop and bet, unofficially. So there's a mobster, you know, thing. Like, they, they're very popular figures, you know, they're kind of part of the myth, mythical figures in Brazil. Like, they influence uh, the government, they have a lot of power. So
0: no one ever tries to crack down on these people? No.
1: just maybe they bribe government officials? Of course, all the time. This is part of the routine.
0: So, like what Daniel said earlier, all the animals have a number associated with them. Ostrich is number one, eagle is two, donkey is three, etc. All the way up to 25, which is the cow. And the deer... The deer is number 24. And if you really want to insult a Brazilian man's masculinity, you call him a deer. He's
1: this, this kind of like, oh, this guy's like a Bambi. Uh, so the deer... A deer is kind of a feminine, gentle, elegant animal. Yeah. So, so this guy, feminine, yeah. Homosexuality. Exactly. <laughs>
0: In this episode of Very Bad Words, we're going to learn how to swear in other languages. After all, you need to know when you're being insulted while traveling abroad. Welcome back to Very Bad Words. Today, we're exploring how people swear in other languages. That's other languages besides English. Now, When I was living in New York City, I found non-native English speakers everywhere I went. And of course, being who I am, I loved to talk to them about how they would swear in their native language. Now, a few of these people I talked to insisted that their language was the best language to swear in. But these four people that told me that, they spoke different languages. So now they couldn't all be right. So one evening, I decided to invite all four of them to my house to talk with me and my producer, Jill, about swearing in their native language. Then after this panel discussion, I called up a friend to the show, Evelyn Dean Olmsted, you've heard her on other episodes, to help me make sense of all of this.
2: I'm a linguistic anthropologist at the University of Puerto Rico, and I study relationships between language and identity in society.
0: We'll get back to Evelyn soon enough. But let's go into the panel. Now, my first guest in the panel is El Baraga, who is from Austria, and she speaks German, of course. And now she claims that German has the longest swear word of all time, which is...
3: I actually heard that from my mom once, and my mom does not <laughs> swear a lot.
0: What does that mean?
3: Okay, so heaven... God, uh, sacraments, uh, the cross, hallelujah, lick my ass, fucking uh, shit, die.
0: (laughs) So it's basically just a giant
3: string of emotional words. Yeah, but the whole, what I love about it is that the whole first part is. All of like Catholic terms.
0: Is that a word that you would hear like walking down the street in Austria? La 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 la. Or is that like something that maybe your mom just, in a heat of emotion, just kind of? Those are the words that she chose to put together, almost in as one word
3: to express how she was. Hearing. No, it's it's a fa- it's a famous combination it of words. Famous. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's not just put, like put together by my mom. Even though we Germans love to. Put words together and I love it. Right, it's a super,
0: super califragilistic expialidocious of swear words, I'd have to say. <laughs> exactly. But it kind of takes it to the next step. You got it. What but would be more, the context of using that? When, okay, when, when did your mother use it? I want to hear about your mother using this ridiculous word.
3: It's so long time ago, I actually forgot what was the reason, but I never forgot that she was saying it because it was so off. You would usually hear. Like, were
0: you misbehaving?
3: No, it was not about me. It it's at- more no, it's more when something doesn't work when you're trying to put a fucking nail into the wall and for whatever reason you just don't manage. So it's when something's not working, when something's uh, when you can't figure it out. So it's also more used by older people too, and it, you can almost like mumble it into your beard. Hey me, I got the
2: fix, hallelujah,
0: So Evelyn, how did German end up developing a word like this?
2: Humans are infinitely creative and so we use the resources we have in Germany they call it an agglutinative language that they it means you can just attach morphemes, so morphemes are parts of words. They're able to attach a bunch of morphemes and make one long word. So
0: Wow, okay, those are two new terms for me. The glutinous wait glut
2: <laughs> So
0: if I'm if I'm going gluten free, should I not speak German?
2: So it's agglutinative. Um you know, we make words out of smaller units of meaning called morphemes. So I say, you know, I'm walking slowly, then there's walk and there's ing, each of which have some meaning on their own. Doesn't mean ing can exist by itself, but it does have some independent meaning. So in, in German, you can make really long words just by tacking on one morpheme after another. So then you get these really long words and, that's, and you can pack a lot of power in one, one very long word.
0: All right, so German has the ability to make these crazy long swear words, but does that make it the best language to swear in? I mean, there are other adlutinative languages out there. For example, many Native American languages are adlutinative, like Cree, Blackfoot, and Yupik. A lot of Asian languages are adlutinative, too, like Korean and Japanese, as well as many ancient dead languages. So that alone really doesn't convince me that German is the best language to swear in. But don't give up yet. We're just getting started on our search for the best language to swear in. But first, we're going to take a really quick break. And when we return, we'll hear about some languages where swearing is much more graphic, insulting, and just plain strange. Stay with us. Welcome back to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. Our next panelist in the search for language with the best swear words is Timon Rapati. He's from Holland and thinks there is no
4: better language to swear in than Dutch. Like it's a very creative way of swearing. You combine a a disease, disease of 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 your choosing. Like the most common one is cancer, but you can take typhoid or tuberculosis. Like you can. Pick one and then combine it with anything else.
0: How, how would you use that in like a sentence? You could say it in Dutch and then give me a translation.
4: Yeah, You would go, uh, you, you, which just says it all. That's literally like a person with down and cancer. And that's like, I think the most common one, one of the most common Wait, ones. a person with down and cancer?
0: Down syndrome and cancer, yeah. Wow. Calling someone cancer and Down syndrome, that's kind of terrible, although powerful. And I mean, I guess that's why it's taboo. But of course, that's way more taboo if you said those kinds of things here in English in America. People would think that you're making fun of people with cancer and Down syndrome, which is just wrong. But that's not really what this is. It's using the power of the word derived from the meaning of these diseases but by the time it became the slang word, it lost the literal meaning. Just like the next one, which also sounds horrible in English. Conquered Yot, which is like cancer Jew. Cancer Jew? Really? When is this? The 1930s? No, again, this doesn't mean that t is an anti-Semite. It's just an expression of another language. Does it have anti-Semitic origins? I don't know probably, I would imagine so. But the literal meaning is totally divorced from this kind of usage. It's only the power that remains. Just like how they aren't making fun of people with cancer or Down syndrome. So I don't think we should judge the Dutch people over this swearing convention. Okay, I've said my piece, and I want to continue on this line of thought. The idea that you can actually say cancer Jew in Holland and not be a
4: neo-Nazi. Yeah, you, you. Depending on where you are, you might might get in trouble.
0: The other thing is that that doesn't sound like it'd be socially acceptable in a lot of circles.
4: Yeah. No. Not, not well.
0: Would you use it in front of Jews?
4: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's, that's that's the weird thing. So yeah, it, it would be used pretty yeah against everyone, but particularly people from Amsterdam and where things can get funky is is with actual Jews that might or might not get offended, depending. Like, I think any Jew not from Amsterdam would probably not really like being called a cancer Jew. It's like
0: a stereotype age. of, like, there's a lot of gay people in San Francisco. There's a lot of Jews in New York or something like that. That's maybe.
4: exactly the same. It's exactly the same as the Jews in New York. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Except you're
0: adding cancer to
4: it. Yeah. Except you had cancer to it because you're in Holland. <laughs> or, or, or typhoid. Or, Let's know. go down to the diseases
0: that you add to, yeah. to insults. Yeah. T- I, yeah. I think we need a comprehensive list.
4: So you have cancer, cholera, typhoid. Then there is one with like a brain like, uh, Like a brain tumor. Like cerebral, like, uh, yeah. Like aneurysm? Aneurysm, something like that.
0: <laughs> they have the, is it too soon for AIDS?
4: that's that that is interesting, so that's again, that's the new kid on the block, which isn't really accepted yet, so we use diseases, but we never think of them actually being diseases and and they're all most of them are a lot of them are very old, like the plague is in there. But you know, right, you'll is. just say, You
0: plaguey motherfucker. And it's just if you're not actually because you know, yeah. no, one, no one you ever knew was alive during the plague. And so it's but cancer is like, cancer is very it's real. widespread.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you would, you someone who's actually suffering from cancer, you would still be called a cancer sufferer. Like that cancer sufferer is a very common, um, yeah. So, yeah, what about that? I mean, like <laughs> yeah, cancer, I'm cancer is odds are it's probably affected everyone in this
0: room in some sort of way. And does it... No. It, it's just like they don't care. Okay. You, you could call someone a, uh, a cancer Jew, and they could be a Jewish person with cancer, and they're not actually going to be like, you are a horrible, horrible person.
4: Yeah, no, there, there's a likelihood of that them being completely fine with it, or laughing. Yeah. If you use it in the context, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good. Like, I actually have a little list here. Like with cancer, you can do... Can give me a
0: translation, too, please?
4: Yeah, okay. First, first I do them in Dutch. Kanker hoer, kanker slit, kanker wijf, kanker laier, kanker machol, kanker de biel, kanker hond, kanker zoik, kanker jood. Can
0: you translate
1: those for us?
4: Yeah. Cancer whore, cancer slut, cancer um, bitch, cancer sufferer, cancer like mongoloid person, cancer like uh, just very dumb person, cancer. <laughs> just very dumb. Cancer <laughs> moron, we'll <call> that cancer <laughs> one. dog. Yeah. Just cancer. Mess, like a cancer mess. The cancer, yes. Jew, the cancer Jew was in there, and uh, yeah. All right, so, okay, so the bar has been set. <laughs> um, Bye. I asked Evelyn
0: if she had encountered this disease-based swearing before in her work in Latin American countries.
2: I've never encountered that in any of the languages I've studied, and wow, who, on the one hand, it's not that hard to see. Like, yeah, we should all have diseases as our curse words like that makes a lot of sense um I guess one hypothesis might be that it came from cursing people like wishing somebody cancer wishing somebody the plague and then just kind of turned into um calling people cancer themselves who knows I I could that could be plausible
0: yeah it does seem like a great insult I mean what's more insulting to be called you know a, a part of the female anatomy or something that kills millions of people every year and, you know i mean
2: right exactly yeah and uh, yeah
0: so it makes sense why this would be so offensive but just like swear words in english you can use it in a positive way too like fuck yeah or that's the shit in dutch you could say conquer which according to this entry about Dutch insults in uh, the Pet Hates blog, it literally translates to cancer tasty or tasty cancer. But when it's used, it can mean positive things like good tasting or good looking. Anyway, my next panelist is Nima Vakili. Nima is from Iran and speaks Farsi. He thinks that despite all the evidence we just heard about Dutch swearing, that Farsi is a better language to swear in.
5: Our language is very visual, so I can like call you like ass-torn. It's basically like your ass is torn, but it means you're lazy. And Nima says it's
0: very subtle and versatile in the way you use a phrase that describes a torn
5: asshole. You can say the same kind of... Combination of words, but there's just a little bit of different and that makes a lot of difference. So let's say for like ass torn, like, so one of them is kumpare, like ass torn, like torn ass. And the other one is uh, kungoshad, which is just loose ass. I can say like you have a white ass and that means like you're lazy. Or I can say your ass is like torn apart. That means like you're fucked. But the literal translation, like you, you shed kind of like, like thick. You have a big asshole. That's why you're lazy. Like you're just shitting the whole time. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's like God. very nuanced. Like literally. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is like, you're you're like, you're, you're getting fucked so bad that your ass is getting torn. That's why like you're fucked. Yeah.
0: What are those words again? Can you repeat those?
5: So one of them is kumpare, uh, which is like... Uh, just like ass torn, like torn ass, whatever. And the other one is a uh, which is just like loose ass.
0: Wow, that certainly is visual, but not that different really from English. I mean, I've definitely heard people say things like, you just got fucked in the ass, or more simply, you're fucked. So I asked Evelyn if using phrases around a person's asshole being violated is a common way for people to swear.
2: yeah yeah which is another universal in these like patriarchal societies is the you know the other best way to insult somebody's manhood is by uh, accusing them of being homosexual um and especially being on the receiving end. So yeah, I mean in Latin America the words maricon, which is which is kind of the equivalent of the English fag is very common. See the only Arabic curse words I'm familiar with come through the people that I work with is, who are who are Mexicans but their ancestors are from Syria. And so one word they have is sharmut, which basically means kind of like male male prostitute. So but yeah, the fact that it's so graphic, that particular term that's interesting. And I bet there'd be some parallels between farsi and Arabic.
0: Moving on to our last guest, Sundar Raman. Sundar is from India and grew up speaking Tamil. But he likes to swear in Punjabi, another language spoken in India. And he thinks the
6: Punjabi word banshod is a great curse word. I grew up with a very sort of sheltered perspective on swearing. And I thought that was because I grew up in a very sheltered family where nobody swore. So when you try to insult someone, it would be like... um, it's like, that's that's Tamil, which is like, uh, don't you have any salt in your head? That's like a really <laughs> common one. It's like, it's like uh, don't they feed you salt in your food? Like, no. I mean, that, and that's actually like insulting. Like if somebody says that to you, you'd be like, oh, fuck. Like I, I really fucked up. I mean, does this have to do with... <sighs>
0: Like people eating spoiled meat or something like that? Does it come from, it's like, oh, you don't have any salt in your food. So no, we have getting, a lot of salt
6: getting... in India. Like salt is not a problem in India.
0: Okay. So yeah.
6: There's no history of salt shortages or. Which is why it's like, you have to be stupid to not have salt in your meal. You know? It's that common. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> like that. okay. Maybe. No, I, I never sense. thought about it. But no, that,
0: like... I think that that makes sense. It's like, God, this is like a salt country. And you are that stupid that you didn't put salt in
6: your food or make it decent. Or very commonly it would be like um, you don't have any spice in your food. That that's also an equal swear. But that's not how everyone in India speaks Tamil. Oh actually I should probably qualify this. So Tamil as spoken in India and Sri Lanka is very polite, except for my hometown. It turns out that I was, and this is the irony of it, like, so I grew up in the dirtiest, filthiest, like, Tamil swearing city, which is Madras, Chennai now, Uh, but the rest of the Tamil-speaking world is very polite about their swearing. He means there's a strong moral code about their speech, and it's not taken lightly. So this is what I found out, like, in my research for your show, Uh, I talked to this a very uh, dirty mouthed friend of mine. Like, and he was like, The reason that people don't swear outside of Chennai is because most swearing will actually get you killed, but not in a nice way, not like somebody will shoot you. So the, <laughs> the, the, most, uh, the most offensive like, kind of thing that somebody will say to insult you is Vettidavan. Vettidavan is like, uh, I'm going to cut you. But by the time you hear that, that's like they've got their knife out and they're going to cut you. Like the, it's like, not a it's threat like, it's not it's, it's it is like a, you
0: have insulted every like the to the core of my being and there's only right. way one way to get that dignity back and that's to have you is by
6: kill by cutting you up with a machete not with a knife it's Maybe like a it's,
0: dull one too
6: and <laughs> 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 a dull one too yeah exactly Wow,
0: so it seems that the consequences of swearing in Tamil are the most dire. Here's Evelyn with her analysis.
2: There's several language where there's avoidance registers like you're not allowed to to say the names of sometimes of people who have died or um, so maybe Tamil is one of those where you know you just there's very strict norms about, of politeness and deference and um, and even violating them a little bit can cause somebody grave insult um, and, and cause them to lose face. A face is a concept that's really been studied a lot around the world. I mean, face being sort of one's dignity, and it's been really been studied in China and in Japan, and I don't know about in um, Southeast Asia. But there are several societies in which maintaining your face and your interlocutor's face is like. You have to do that at all costs. And so even just not being polite is already a huge insult.
0: So before we move on, I need to know which Tamil words
6: could actually get you killed. The most common one that people use is this, is this uh, it's basically it would translate to son of a bitch in English. But it's son of a temple prostitute, which is, It's like uh when people are really pissed off, they and that this still happens quite often, like in Madras, like thirty up late. And that's what most of my friends would like when they're really frustrated, they'd be like, ah. they're sort of like fuck, you know, when it comes out. But they say that somewhere else and it's uh it gets a little harsh. Oh, there's one other one. It's sort of like mixes on this, but it's like uh take a diseased cunt. And then, no, I took the diseased cunt and then I applied uh, lime on it.
0: <laughs>
6: so lime is like, um, um, it's lime, you know, the stuff that you put on walls, which right. obviously- yeah, you're, you're not like, talking about what you take a shot of tequila not with. Not no, not a lime lemon. It's like I, I fucked him nine ways to hell <laughs> and like left him bleeding kind of situation, you know? So- Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, have any of today's guests convinced you? I personally don't think any one of these languages necessarily swears better or worse than the other, although Dutch is pretty damn offensive. But I think everyone probably sees their own language as the best way to swear. I mean, taboo words are wonderful expressions of cultural identity. But when you're not of that culture, it might not make any sense to you or might sound terrible or boring or confusing. Or maybe you might feel like Catherine, a listener who called in to talk about swearing in Italian.
3: Italians swear very elaborately. They make
2: lists and lists of swear words, all added on uh, word after word, which it gets so creative. I,
3: I couldn't possibly reproduce that here.
0: And Deanne wrote this to us on Facebook. My favorite vulgar phrase in Spanish is "me cago en Dios," which literally means "I shit on God." My Latin American friends, however, have strong feelings against it. Well, I can't say I can blame them, Catherine. And an anonymous listener called in just to sing us his praises.
6: So
3: I just wanted to call and tell you that I love your podcast. I love it. I use all these very bad words, and hearing where they came from is just totally
4: enlightening. I love what you're doing.
0: Well, Mystery Listener, we love it when you call in with your feedback. It makes us feel like we're doing something worthwhile. So thank you so much for your call. And thanks for everyone else's feedback, even the ones we didn't get to read or put on the air today. If you want to call us and give us your comment on one of the subjects we've covered or want to suggest another one we should cover, call and leave us a voicemail at 331-BAD-WORD. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please subscribe to Very Bad Words in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you might get your podcasts. And you can also get the raw RSS feed from our website at verybadwords.com. And please help me spread the word of the show. We're pretty new and nothing gets the word out like real people like yourself who enjoy it. Thanks. And I want to thank my guests, Daniel Belker, El Baraga, Timan Rapati, Neiman Vakili, and Sundar Raman. And special thanks to Evelyn Dean Olmsted for helping me with the analysis of these foul mouthed folks. Again, this is Very Bad Words, an audio boom podcast. I'm Matt Vidler, and the executive producer is Jill Fitcher. Thanks for listening.
3: Fotze, which means can't. Yeah, is that sort of expression that. But it is the female. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. But uh, but uh, <laughs> but it's not like a doctor would refer to it, <laughs> right, like a, right, right? Oh, deine Fotze muss repariert werden. <laughs> I mean, <well> then that. <laughs> <laughs> that! you can has to be repaired. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means
0: your cunt needs to be repaired is no that that's phrased? what
3: i just said it's, i don't think it's a common expression <laughs> maybe it should be yeah. <laughs> i like it though
6: it's pretty powerful
3: <laughs> it's something
6: broken for yeah. sure yeah. wait is that what guys would like yell at you out at you your cunt needs to be repaired it's like on the street. it's like hey
3: <laughs> no i just hey. came up with that <laughs> I just said it's not what a doctor now, would say. Now is there a
0: lot of room for improvisation and swearing in Germany? Like if you said that would people just go like what the fuck or they go whoa that's a really good phrase? Both. <laughs>